The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the news. And why, 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 why it matters. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Still out here in LA. And today we are joined by Michael Knowles and Alicia Krause. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, It's really nice to have the big, the power couple of the Daily Wire. (laughs) here on with us at the same time. Except we're not really a couple. This is something that people assume sometimes. They do, because my, my wife uh, is named Sweet Little Elisa, and then Elisha is Sweet Little Elisha. It's very confusing. Although I'm know. not sweet or little like she is. So. <laughs> but Elisha but pines from, I'm, I'm a married man, I'm sorry. I'm a married man, okay? <laughs> well, it's very believable, right? You know what? No. I see the Kavanaugh things happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah. All right, Glenn, what's the top story for you? Top story is Kavanaugh. Okay, Michael. Top story is great if you're a masochist or a millennial. Arby's is offering to tattoo their brand logo on you in exchange for nothing. Tells us a lot about millennials. Oh, awesome. Good times ahead. <laughs> in addition to Kavanaugh, I think actually a, science, a silent story of the week that everyone should be paying more attention to is the fact that Google is now working with the Chinese Communist regime to start a specific search engine geared toward the Chinese uh, market, I suppose, mm-hmm. that allows them to limit searches on free speech and religion and other things as well. So it's definitely very concerning, considering that Google is now reneging on their they-do-no-evil kind of policy. That seems well, they a little changed that policy last year. And I kind of wondered, why are you changing that? Well, now we know. <laughs> yeah. Now we know. Uh, before, we, before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor, Ridiazone. Ridiazone, I love Ridiazone. They, uh, so yeah, this is me about, I don't know, 12 years ago, the big giant uh, 10. That was me. So I understand the struggles. I'm, I'm the woman next. Of weight loss. Yeah, Glenn's had some transitions <laughs> since then. Uh, I know the struggles of weight loss. So I am speaking to you with personal experience. And Ridiazone has really helped me. Um, I, it controls my cravings. It helps boost metabolism. It's basically the good molecule in olive oil uh, that does all of those things. They've extracted it and put it into the pill form. And don't, I mean, get this because I've just been chugging olive oil and look at me. <laughs> And so, um, you know what, it, it, you can save 30% on a three-month supply. Some people are saying, well, oh, it's still kind of expensive, Sarah. Okay, look, we did the math. It's $1.39 a day. Think about all of the things you spend your money on. You go to Starbucks and you spend way more than that. This is $1.39 a day uh, if you want to get control of your weight. That's amazing. All right, so there's no excuses not to do it. You can go to ridiazone.com, get 30% off of a three-month supply, and you can use promo code THEBLAZE to do that. All right, Glenn, Kavanaugh. Um, yeah, Kavanaugh, the, the, I, I mean, I, this is just getting more and more bizarre. First of all, the woman who came out yesterday and said, oh, yeah, no, I heard, I heard rumblings and buzz about that in high school. What kind of fact is that that you're adding? <laughs> then she comes out and says, uh, oh, by the way, um, I, I'm not going to testify. I, I, I was uh, empowered by the Internet to make those claims yesterday. Empowered? She also by, said yeah. that she deleted it because it had the effect that she wanted. And once it had the effect that she wanted it to have, she decided to delete it. Mm. Oh, I didn't see it that. It is part. incredibly dangerous, I think. It's so telling. When, one, it's telling and incredibly revealing. Yeah. And two, it's so dangerous to think that we live in a day and age that you can just tweet whatever you want. And then, well, once it had the effect, mm-hmm. I'm just going to let it disappear. I'm good. 
Yeah. Well, the New York Times has been doing that for decades, though, right? They <laughs> yeah. run a story on yes. page A1 that's the big, you know, Kavanaugh is a super secret Nazi, and then five days later they retract on page Z57. <laughs> oh, no, he's not. They've been doing, I mean, this is just the social media equivalent of that, right? Here's a lie. Oops, I'll delete it later. Yeah, but, you know, we used to, we used to come together a little bit more mm-hmm. and say we're better than that. We're, we're finding out now we're not better than that. <laughs> Um, and what, what's what's terrifying is um, uh, you guys know what deep fakes are. Yeah. Oh, deep fakes. The, the videos yeah. and yeah. So just last week um, they've they've hit another milestone, and that is they can now mimic the movements of your body and your. I believe tics. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I believe it. They they took two videos of people. One was you know President Obama, and I don't remember who the other one was. And they're, they can make anyone move. They can take film of President Obama and make him move like me and walk like me. So now, you know, the, the gait is a big way to find people, facial recognition, but also gait. So now you can take a video of anybody and I can give them the right gait as long as they have video. We're getting to a place to where the truth doesn't matter, but our eyes will not be able to tell us what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And wait until that becomes mainstream. We've been talking about this for about four years. And since that, you've been able to start doing the easy uh, deep fakes with pornography. Wait until a government gets a hold of this. Wait until Russia gets a hold of this and takes a video of Hillary Clinton or, or Donald Trump or anybody and they're, they're starting to make progress in the polls, you dump that fake out. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. It burns into your, your senses, in your memory. And then it's proven that it wasn't fake, but mm-hmm. the damage is done. Mm-hmm. That's just, right. like Kav- just like Kavanaugh, except much more powerful. It's like that old Marx Brothers line, uh, who are you going to believe, me or your own eyes, your own lion eyes? And that, that's finally true. We are now at the point where you cannot believe images and even video. That's, that's put in front of you. That's a whole new world. The fascinating thing about Kavanaugh, though, is a Huffington Post poll showed that this morning only 28% of men and 25% of women believe Professor Ford's story. So I think that, Less you know... Women, that's a Huffington Post poll. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so it's fascinating because I think I, a lot of women, unfortunately, have undergone levels of harassment, uh, not at the extent of... Professor Ford with this atrocious assault that she is alleging. I'm of the mindset I think that something horrific probably did happen to her when she was 15 years old, but um, she's being used as a pawn by the Democratic Party to try to get Kavanaugh and his buddy Mike Judge. Do you think it was Kavanaugh that did it? No. I don't. I think that having had an incident happen to me which was then logged and went to the NYPD in a trial uh, on a New York City subway. I remember every single detail of that incident, even though it's been 14 years. Right. And that's and I have people. That makes that's sense. exactly what I said. I, I actually wrote about that. Um, it's up on theblaze.com right now. But um, I, it was, uh, you know, over two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember, and there were multiple, multiple times that this happened to me. I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly who it was. I remember exactly who was around. I remember all of the circumstances surrounding each and every time. Yep. It's just, it's boggling so to me that it... The, the New York Times had a podcast today, and you, you should listen to it. It's the, I don't know what they call it, the New Day or whatever it is. The, the, the Daily? The, the Daily, the daily yeah, yeah. The Daily. And so, I, I, you know, I, I listen to it every morning, first thing, just to... 
You know, just to evacuate you know, but, uh, <laughs> your, your mind. Yeah, yeah. no, but I uh, listen to every day just to just to hear the balance and and what what that that uh, perspective is. And today was a woman who was from California, and I think I can't remember where she moved back east. I think New York, and she said she was groped uh, at 15. Uh, it was a horrible experience, but she detailed the time, mm-hmm. the day the truck uh, or the car, where it happened, who it was. I'll never forget it. And she was credible because everything she had every detail. Mm-hmm. And the New York Times didn't notice that, that there was a difference there <laughs> and was trying to compare her to Ford. But there is no comparison to Ford. If this woman would have come, come in and she had details, mm-hmm. That that would have been different. Then it would have right. added a little bit more mm-hmm. to the he said, she said nonsense. Even if it was the details of the house or the party and who else was there. Right. I can understand not maybe the time. If there's the multiple. Wallpaper. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Anything. The anything. wallpaper. You, yeah. you, you could lose a lot of things, but I, I'm really into pivot points in life. And I remember when Mitt Romney said, oh, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm absolutely pro-life. No, you were... <laughs> against life yeah. and I, I had him on and I said to the audience right before he came in he was he was away from the, the uh, studio and I said I'm going to ask him about this you're going to know immediately because I'm, I'm going to ask him when and where if he doesn't describe the room mm-hmm. he's lying right that's and, such a good point. Right. And he came in and he said, I remember I was sitting in Harvard. And they brought all of these uh, f- uh, uh, eggs in mm-hmm. and they were talking about fertilization. And he said, I remember listening to the guy and just watching him talk. And I kind of got a little movie moment of fuzzy. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. This is life. We're in a different world now. I believed him. Mm-hmm. She can't tell me anything. Right. And I do think, unfortunately, you have the Twitter trolls that have gone after her saying, well, why did she wait 36 years or why did she wait 30 years? I mean, having had friends and family members that have, members that have experienced severe sexual trauma, uh, specifically in their adolescence, I kind of understand and get that they would suppress it and keep it quiet yes. and be, a, especially for women. It's, yes. it's incredibly embarrassing and you have self-guilt and there's all these even when you do tell the truth, you still, exactly. your reputation and, is tarnished. And, and there's all, which is an unfortunate problem that society still needs to deal with. Yes. And so there's all of these issues around, you know, sharing what happened to you and getting to the bottom of it and, and making sure that the, you know, justice is served. So I, but it really bothered me. That was the one thing in the story that I think when people on the right were a little too quick to jump the gun and be like, well, it's been 36 years and she kept her mouth shut all this time. So shame on her. Yeah, well, there were many, but I, I think there's, I think there's a, I think we have to be fair. Imagine, ima- well, you don't even have to imagine. Look at what they said about Juanita Broadway. Mm-hmm. You know, politics, and there are those people that cloud the mind with politics. It's not getting us anywhere. It's just turning us into monsters. It doesn't matter whose side you're on. The other side, the whole thing could be flipped, and you'd have those same trolls on the other side mm-hmm. who are defending him now would be tearing Merrick Garland apart and tearing her, or, or defending Merrick yeah. Garland and tearing her apart. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, uh, we're going to move on, but I feel like this is a good time to uh, just bring up uh, 
while we're talking about this, you can get addicted to outrage now. I didn't uh, even know that was out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning You're welcome. I completely forgot. I know. That's nuts. All right, so eat at Arby's, Michael. Yes, this story today really struck me. Right now, not far from here, Long Beach, right in California, you can go to a tattoo parlor. This will be paid for all by Arby's and get Arby's logo tattooed on your flesh forever for free. You don't get anything for it. You just get a <laughs> tattoo of Arby's on your flesh for free. This follows a major campaign in Russia just this month where they said, if anybody is going to tattoo the Domino's logo on their body, we'll give you free pizza for life. <laughs> This was supposed to run for two months. They ended it after three days because they would have gone bankrupt. All oh, of these Russians no. were doing it. And it's not that surprising in a nihilistic culture like Russia that how many suicide games are named after Russia? There's yeah. a major one, you yeah. know, they're kind yeah. of... But this is true of, uh, of Americans now, too. This is true. I've noticed this with American millennials. Everybody has a tattoo. Because it has to be Instagrammable. It has to be Instagrammable. This is why I don't have enough followers. <laughs> I, nearly 40% of millennials have some sort of tattoo. It used to be just uh, convicts and Marines had tattoos. Now it's everybody. I saw a guy once in New York. He had a tattoo, and it said a four-letter word that begins with S, Cray. On his finger. That was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You make fun of people with tattoos. Yeah. Let's see it. Let's no, see. It's this one. <laughs> Which one? What is it? What, what, what is the tattoo? I have. <laughs> I can't oh, show yes. you mine, but I, <laughs> you I will say while while you're one. doing that, um, I do I count in this because I do have a tattoo, but it's well, not Instagrammable. Now, what does the tattoo say? On purpose. Prodeo propati. Pro Prodeo pro patria pro familia. Yeah, now that's a good tattoo. A tattoo that says a four-letter <laughs> word that begins with S, cray, that, or an Arby's logo. An Arby's that's a logo. different yeah. kind of tattoo. I, mean, I might do it for the curly fries. <laughs> yeah, for the Jamocha shake. because yeah. Arby's you know, some, is You know one of the, the, the number one uh, metric on algorithms figuring out whether or not you are a conservative? Have you eaten at Arby's? Really? Really? They say that Almost no liberals <laughs> eat at Arby's. So in California, they're gonna—they're probably not having a lot of take. Really, that is true. I think Sonic would be another judge of that too. It is. Just, mm. Not only, and I'm sure a lot of it has to do with location. geographically the location of. Well, it does, you know, I miss me some cheddar peppers. Can you? Y'all should have brought us <laughs> those from Texas. We'll what? know. We'll know for next time. <laughs> you know, the Arby's slogan is "We have the meats," and they have little drawings of animals on their uh, on their bags. So I, I see how that attracts conservatives. <laughs> but I do wonder. There does seem to be. It actually ties in with this brand new book that's just. Out. Uh, Have you heard about this by uh, Mr. Glenn Book? Yeah, it, I think there is this aspect of millennial culture which is so nihilistic that would slap a Domino's right on your arm to get some free pizza. Uh, we're, we're robbed of meaning, and so we just we treat politics like it's religion. We treat every little thing on Twitter like it's a religious devotion. Unlike your tattoo, which is actually about religion, <laughs> you know, it actually is about meaning. That I don't know how to get that back, and I think the culture is just careening the more and more we head in that direction. Well, thank you, uh, Glenn Jr., for the doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah. Back in a minute. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. a lot more to get into here at the Daily Wire HQ, but before we do that, want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. I'm I love still this. waiting to try it. Have I you guys heard this. of this? I, I, I Pro. Who's, who's a shooter? 
You guys shooters? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, he pretends to be, but let's be honest. I'm a very good shot. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, look at okay, this little couple. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a couple uh, squabbles. Right. Okay, you got to tell them what it is. Okay, so, um, you know, dry firing is the best thing you can do, and I hate dry firing because you're just sitting here and just pulling a trigger. It's just stupid, and I just don't. I like a challenge. Um, but if you're going out to the range, you're spending so much money. This is, you put something in, it's, it's a little laser, mm-hmm. like, device, you put it in like a bullet, you cock it, you put a target out, put your phone by it, and then the laser tracks it on the target. You can't see it. You're just, you're not using a laser to aim. It's just printing on your phone. So you get the target back and it shows where you shot. Oh, wow, that's super yeah. cool. So it's and it's really way good. cheaper than ammo. And, way and, cheaper. and then you don't have to do the waiting period like we do here in California right. for purchasing said ammo. There you go. There you go. Yeah, you can just do it in your living room. Yeah. While I don't know you're if you know this, TV. but uh, you don't have to, you don't have to wait in Texas. <laughs> what is this mythical land you call Texas? That out there. A place hey, hey. where there is no from, such thing as an no. income tax. Being from Oklahoma, <laughs> I don't. No, no. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> There has to be some Red River rivalry. You just can't, like, flee there. I'll fly. I want to flee. I want to shoot my gun. I don't want to pay taxes. It sounds great. I want to go to this great. mythical land. All right. It well, then, great. you guys, listen. You can save 10% right now on iTarget Pro. You can use offer code NEWS. That is iTargetPro.com. Alicia. Yes. Google and China. This is absolutely terrifying. So, as I'm sure most of your audience knows and understands, freedom of speech doesn't really exist there. You know, mm. the stuff that the chat we've been having about criticizing Democratic senators here in the United States states this week regarding Kavanaugh does not happen in China. In addition to that, of course, there's been the recent crackdown of Christians there, which is very concerning. And they're going to be starting this very black mirror type social grading system. Mm -hmm. Well, my concern is, and sorry if I'm a little like anti like deep state conspiracy theorist here for a moment, but join me in cross conspiracy corner that they're going to be utilizing the technology that they're working on with Google to uh, start monitoring their citizens. And apparently the search engine that they're working to create will, of course, not allow certain things to be searched, certain words to be searched. And everyone will have a user login that is connected directly to their address and phone number. So the communist regime will be able to track down all of these people and what they've been researching. What could possibly go wrong, though? Right. This 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 goes with their project called Sharp Eyes, uh, yes. which was a which is a Mao term back at the time. Everybody had to have sharp eyes to watch each other. Uh, now the state is doing it. Now in I think it's Beijing um, is the first city to complete it, major city to complete it. Pretty sure it's Beijing. Um, there are three rings of the city. And there's the the outer ring, and that gives you kind of the level of security probably of New York City, mm-hmm. uh, of being on camera. The secondary ring is much more, uh, it's like a souped-up London. The interior ring, literally, you are on camera all times. In fact, people who uh, are in government, uh, who uh, visit there, are told if you want privacy, uh, it's in the bathroom, in the shower, and you're going to have to turn off the lights because they'll even see you there. They they put somebody out uh, into the inner ring, and China did, and then when they turned this thing on, they said, find this person. 12 minutes, and he was in the back of a squad car. Whoa. That's a, that's a city... With millions, millions of, of people. people. 
12 minutes he was in the back of a squad car. Unbelievable. So Google has sold their souls to the devil. Yeah, and it's kind of disconcerting because, of course, we all remember the, the tech versus government kind of argument that occurred here uh, after the awful San Bernardino terror attack. And I actually, despite the fact that I wanted to know more information and believed that there was a terror cell involved in that, you know, murderous shooting, mm-hmm. uh, understood Apple's perspective of, no, we're not going to unlock this iPhone just so you can see what's inside of it. And so you had bigger companies and Google, I think at the time backed them. So you had larger, you know, Bay area companies saying, we're not going to do this because of, you know, the right to privacy and the, the bill of rights that protects us and our users, et cetera, et cetera. And And then, and they had attorneys and the ACLU and everyone gung ho about it. But now, you know, if it, you know, helps the bottom line a little bit. We're willing to infringe. Understandably, China does not have the same beautiful constitution that we have. But if, if it's going to be a policy in one country, I'd like to think that they're also, you know, adhering to that policy in others. So here's what's really interesting. Um, the uh, Google, the people in Google, you know, all, all up in arms that Google was going to provide cloud space mm-hmm. for the U.S. government. They do not want to get into bed with the U.S. government, mm-hmm. but they will get in bed with the Chinese government. That is, to me, terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. The, you know, we are in a race for uh, AGI now. Whoever gets that wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, China is pushing to get that. The, the companies here in America, really the leader in it, is probably Google. I'm just as uncomfortable with Google having that as I am the United States government or the Chinese government. Right. I don't trust anybody anymore, and well, it's not good. It, it is a real fear. You know, we always hear about the multinational corporations you know, from the fringes of the left and the right. Mm-hmm. This is the danger, though. This is the real danger when a corporation has no loyalty to its own country and when it can concentrate that sort of power in its own hands, that is just as great a threat to liberty as it would be if uh, if our own government were doing it. Well, there was a crappy Tom Hanks movie all about that. That is the frustrating thing because, you know, you look at Google and even if you were to say, you know what, that's that, that those principles are messed up. I can't believe that they would sell out to China. Yeah. What are you going to do? Stop using them? I mean, they're so big that it you can't I use ask put Jeeves. a dent. <laughs> ask ask Jeeves. Jeeves. Yeah. Yes, and you can't one. put a dent for in it. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that Arby's? Where is that Arby's? Uh, really quickly, so the, the new spending bill is out, and the bill was approved uh, 93 to 7 in the Senate. It's going to the House ahead of a September 30th deadline to avoid a government shutdown. And Trump is really upset because there is no money for border, border security and the wall uh, in this bill. So he tweeted out, I want to know where is the money for border security and the wall in this ridiculous spending bill, and where will it come from after the midterms. Dems are obstructing law enforcement and border security. Republicans must finally get tough. Michael, I thought that Mexico was going to pay for the wall. I'm waiting for Mexico to start shelling out for the wall. Uh, This uh, law by tweet is, I think this does show the weakness of the public facing reality TV (laughs) TV star president. I think there's a lot of good that comes from that. I really do think it helps shape the culture, helps us cut through the media. LBJ didn't use Twitter. When LBJ was twisting arms in the Senate and in the House, he didn't he didn't use Twitter. And not at personal 4 43 a.m. Yeah. Not at, right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Potty time. You gotta question that, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what's your take on that, Alicia? I, I kind of agree with Michael there. It won't be 
the hopefully it's the last time it happens. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that additionally, Trump needs to own up to promises that he's made that he cannot deliver. Mm -hmm. And maybe someone is a tad too proud to admit this. Yes. Uh, Trump? Uh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. But I disagree. <laughs> this is not Trump's responsibility. Trump was to to show the will of the American people and then set the direction. This is Congress. Mm. True, Congress but Trump, do any of Trump it. did campaign on saying, I'm going to make Mexico build that wall. I'm going to make Mexico pay for the wall. If you believed that, you're a dope. <laughs> He's, I'm just saying, he said it. I know. And I still think there's a, a lot part of, of him that believes it. <laughs> yes. So I do think that there's a part of him that thinks this can be done and the Republicans are keeping me from doing it. Yes. I don't right. think that's real true. Quick, yeah, real quick, we got to take true. a break. We, we can talk about it when we come back. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Before we continue the conversation about Trump uh, promises made and kept, I want to thank our sponsor, Minostalgia. Minostalgia is, of course, uh, they've got the wild rice from the Northwoods of Minnesota, as Doc likes to say, the edible Northwoods of Minnesota, but we're not really sure how yeah, the Northwoods is, in fact, edible. Yeah, and I don't really want to try to taste it, Yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, no. But the good news is uh, the wild rice is way better than eating, like, a tree. So um, you can make them into waffles, and they're super healthy. Um, it's almost a complete protein uh, just by itself. So they've got the waffles. They've got the beer jellies that we've tried on air. I've got a nice little wine jelly that I have in my dressing room uh, just for, you know, special times. And um, they've got everything what that special you... special times are happening in your dressing room? <laughs> well, getting disturbing. Listen, I'm the one who never eats sugar. So for me, I'm, that's a special time. It's a special, special occasion right, when right, I get a little right, bit of right, sugar. All right. uh, so you can buy some for your family. It's delicious, and you can feel good about feeding it to them because it's healthy as well. And now is the time to do it. 10% of the proceeds are going to Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. And I know, as Glenn said yesterday, uh, they could really use that, that donation right now. Yeah, we could really use it. We have 16,000 um, Yazidis and Christians who are trying to move out of Syria by Christmas time. So we could really use your help. So 10% of the uh, proceeds will go to Mercury One and the Nazarene Fund. All you have to do is go to blazewildrice.com and use the promo code HELP10. Michael, I want to let you kind of finish what you were saying um, after or before when we were talking about Trump and making the promises and keeping them. The art of the deal. Yeah, you know, this president actually has kept many more promises than I thought he would. Even the he ones was, I didn't want him to keep. That's like right, Europe, yeah. Right? Even the ones he thought he'll never do that, and yeah. then he does it. That's so, the only one I thought he would do. It was I, the wall. I was yeah. on, no, no, no. Tariffs. No, the tariffs. Oh, the tariffs. I was, yeah. I was, I kept saying on the air, he's not going to do any of this <laughs> except the tariffs. The tariffs he's he serious about. And yeah. he's done a lot of things that I, well, Israel never will happen. Of course, yeah. Wow, was that huge. Yeah. The judges have been good. Yes. <laughs> we'll see how Mr. Kavanaugh does. Yeah. But he, he has made a lot of, pro I just wish that he were a little more, uh, had more of a personal touch on the Hill mm -hmm. in the Senate and in Congress. You mean like working with people? Uh, yeah, well, look, <laughs> if not working with people got us a lot of good stuff, I'm fine with that. But I think, you know, 
You got to take the man's uh, weaknesses with his strengths. Well, we I have suppose. a few more years too, and I'm of the mindset right. I think he's going to be reelected, especially if things continue the way that they are regarding the economy, etc. If, if things go but, as the way they are, I think he's going to be Charles II, dissolve Parliament. He's going to be emperor for life. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> um, for many reasons, but I, I think that you know we have we maybe he has six years left, right? Two on a minimum. Mm-hmm. He's got to learn to work with people that don't have the same last name. He's never going to do that. No. So here's the so so here's my question to you. You just said you think he's got another four years and uh-huh. another six, um, as long as the economy continues. First of all, I, th- I mean we're on the longest bull run uh, bull run in the history of probably the entire planet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, however, we also have, I think, the Democrats. They're going to they're going to take the House if they take the House. Is there any way you see that they don't impeach, not remove with the Senate, but they don't file the papers of impeachment and actually impeach this president? That would be the first thing they Well, you know, uh, dear old Professor Dershowitz says there must be a legal basis for the for impeachment. And I don't know what they're going to get him on legally. And I don't, look, we know Democrats are not treating this as a legal matter. They're running, their candidates mm-hmm. are in their Twitter bios, hashtag impeach, mm-hmm. hashtag resist. So it seems like they'll impeach. But, you know, I think pr- President Trump has learned the lessons of his lifetime, of the 90s. Impeachment did not seem to hurt Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. And Bill Clinton seemed to benefit in many ways politically from impeachment. We are not sitting in the 1990s, though. This country is under attack from every angle. Um, I think if they impeach without any evidence, and remember, there was evidence on Bill Clinton. Right. You know, you read <laughs> too, too Bob. Evidence. Uh, yeah, I was just with somebody. I had a meeting um, just a few minutes ago, and and I'm meeting with this group of people, and they're all very, very liberal, of course, in California. And one of them says, don't hold this against me, but I'm reading Bob Woodward's book. And I said, good, I read Bob Woodward's book. Have you gotten to the end yet? He said, no. And I said, oh, you're going to be interested in the last chapter. Because <laughs> in the last chapter, Trump, it's very clear nothing happened with Russia. They have nothing. And that's Bob Woodward. Um, so, you know, you've got nothing. you read Definitely no, not. it's not. Not what you read. And so headlines. you've you've had a press that has been telling you one thing mm-hmm. that wasn't true. They you have politicians who are saying we're going to impeach, we're going to impeach, we're going to impeach, we're going to impeach. They're all geared for you to impeach. When you get in, how do you not impeach? And if you do impeach, mm-hmm. how do we not add to the chaos that is going to, I think, dislodge between the tariffs and impeachment? You have a good chance of stopping the heart of this economy. You could. I mean, fortunately today, the, the Dow jumped again. It seems investors are still playing it safe. They don't think the tariffs are going to lead to some trade war. But who knows? When you're at the when you're when you're on the longest bull run in history, it's going to come down. <laughs> that's exactly. It has to come down. Eventually, it has to come. But down. the two issues specifically that women tend to vote for are economic security and actual physical security. And something else that you know, Trump has done an okay job of is making sure that ISIS is no longer in the headlines. And so I think that a couple years ago, specifically during the 2016 campaign, there was this fear and concern of, of homegrown terror and what where ISIS was. You had the FBI at the time, at the end of 2015, saying that there were ongoing ISIS investigations in all 50 states. Those have definitely pared down, and he's done a lot to increase national security as well. So even if there's an issue with the financial side of that security, the physical security, I think, matters to a lot of Americans. Yeah. Uh, All right. March for Our Lives co-founder Cameron Kasky, he has quit March for Our Lives. Yeah, I know. I wanted to end this on kind of a 
a good note, right? It's it's a yeah, it's a little light in the darkness. Uh, so he has regrets about some things he said. Let's watch. This summer, when March for Our Lives went on the summer tour that we embarked on, I met that person in Texas who's got that semi-automatic weapon because that's how they like to protect their family. I met I met the fifty some odd percent of women who are pro-life, even though I thought that it was preposterous that a woman could be pro-life and not pro-choice at the time. I, I learned that. Um, a lot of our issues politically come from a, a lack of understanding of the perspectives and uh, and also just the the fact that so often young, young conservatives and young liberals will go into debate, like I said earlier, trying to beat the other one as opposed to come to an agreement. And, and you know, that's natural. It's important for things to be a bit competitive because I think competition is very important for everything. But it comes to a point where all we're doing right now is driving each other apart. I mean, the people who, who were okay with Trump will now forgive him for anything. And the people who didn't like Trump will pretend that every single thing he does is pure, utter evil. And, and it's a direction we need, to, we need to head away from. So I'm working on some efforts to encourage bipartisanship or at least discussion that is, not, that is productive and help a lot of people avoid the mistakes that I make. Glenn, did he read your book? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? He is. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Because if you notice what he said there was, I met some people who were that had, you know, the AK for the uh, or the AR for for um, uh, for home protection. Protecting their family. I met a woman and I couldn't believe that she was pro uh, pro life, but she was. So what does that imply? That the people that he met were not in front, yelling names at him, mm -hmm. calling his, you know, calling him names, pointing fingers, yelling, holding signs of aborted babies. This was somebody who somehow or another got to him, who was reasonable, and he was open enough, which mm -hmm. is also the other part of the, the miraculous scenario. Miraculous, almost. Miraculous. But they're out there. Mm -hmm. He, they, they approached him correctly. He was the right one. And... You've just changed the heart of the guy who started the march. Yep. That's phenomenal. I do also think that there's an element of sometimes people can be so trapped in their bubbles and then there's like this aha moment. Yes. And I think that his story specifically speaks to why on both sides of the aisle, we should not be idolizing uh, too many young people and seeing them as the future of the movement or listening at, with bated breath to every little policy idea that they have. Because there is some wisdom, biblical principle, that comes with age. And I am definitely, I've been a political geek my whole life and involved in politics and media for a very long time as well. Well, but I, at 18, understood I didn't expect a 40-year-old parent to listen to why, what I had to say over right. their life experience. And I think that maybe it sounds like he was surrounded by all these loud noises and had that moment of, is this the team that I really want to mm -hmm. be on? And how much of an effect is this actually having? You know, I... I really like this kid in particular. I got to meet him actually about a week ago. He was coming through town. And the thing that really struck me about him is that he acts his age. And that sounds like I'm damning with faint praise. He, he acts like people his age should act, which is that they don't know everything. They don't know much of anything. There's some humility there. There's asking questions, saying, how can I? I have not met a young person who has that sort of attitude, the attitude that he's embodying in that speech and they're in that, that talk with Fox Radio. I have not 
probably met even one other in his generation. It's re really impressive. It gives me a little hope for the future. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should end it there because there's not, not too often on the show can we end with a dose of optimism. So uh, really quickly, the Blaze Y comment for today. And uh, podcast listeners, remember, you can be tweeting us your questions or comments using the hashtag the Blaze Y. Is the spot of Glenn, on Glenn Beck's hand from a cigar burn mm. from the backstage show? Sorry again. Sorry <laughs> you again. You made someone yeah. very upset. Uh, no, it is. It, it, it is a burn, but it's from uh, Ben. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah. He would, didn't like some of the things I was saying. Yeah. And Maybe he was not happy fraud. that you brought a bong in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be that. Either that or I write with a stupid fountain pen. This is why people don't write with fountain pens. <laughs> All right. Really quickly before we go, uh, today's poll that you can vote on on Twitter. Do you support your tax money going toward building the wall? Let us know at The Blaze, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for coming. Oh, yeah. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.